Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together today. Yes, I know the Lord is great and our Lord is superior to all gods. He does whatever he pleases in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the ocean depths. Psalm 135, five and six. Why are wives always right? It seems like every time I choose to not listen to Johanna, it comes back to bite me. It was a snowy Sunday morning, about five inches of snow lay on the ground. We were on schedule to serve at church and we thought we could probably make it to Effingham. So we ate breakfast, donned our Sunday clothes and got the kids ready. Just as we got the kids loaded into the Jeep Grand Cherokee, we got a call saying that church was actually canceled due to the weather. Since we already had the kids loaded in the Jeep, we thought we would drive over to the sledding hill. The sledding hill is the same hill on which Johanna spent her childhood sledding. It's about a mile and a half from the house we were living in, and it's just down the road from her uncle's farm. It's a country road that never gets plowed during the winter. The tradition is for the kids to sled down the hill, then someone with a four-wheel drive vehicle drives down and picks them up. We figured we'd go check the conditions. I was excited to play with the four-wheel drive on the Jeep. We got to the top of the hill. Snow lay in a thick blanket over the whole hill. I slowly tapped the Jeep into four-wheel drive and headed down the hill. We arrived in the bottom of the hill, and the snow was perfect. It would pack down into a beautiful track for a sled, and excitement filled the Jeep. The kids couldn't stop talking about sledding, and then everything went wrong. I didn't want to try to drive the Jeep in reverse all the way up the hill. Johanna argued that I had to because the road wasn't wide enough to turn around. I thought she was just doubting my superior vehicle operation skills. So I began a slow several point turn. I made it about 90 degrees when the back of the Jeep dropped with a thunk noise. My back wheels had fallen into the ditch on the side of the road. Four-wheel drive works on a basic principle. All four wheels need to be in contact with the road. Four-wheel drive doesn't do very much good when the vehicle is high-centered. When the back wheels have no contact with the road and the front wheels just slip, there's nothing you can do. So, I left the Jeep running to keep Johanna and the kids warm, and I started the long walk back to the house to get a pickup truck and a chain. Johanna's cousin met me on the way. He could tell something wasn't right since I was dressed in nice clothes and walking in the snow, and he pulled over and offered his truck. We headed back to the scene. And let's not talk about the level of embarrassment at having to be rescued by Johanna's farmer cousins. They all know I'm a useless city slicker, and now it was even more obvious. We went down to the Jeep. I wrapped the chain around the frame of the Jeep, and we began to pull. But the Jeep was really stuck. The cousin's truck just spun its wheels trying to get us out. Then the chain let loose. It whipped around underneath the Jeep, and it knocked a hole in the rubber hose, and power steering fluid started spraying all over the snow. So we gave up on the truck idea. <laughs> Johanna's cousin made a phone call and pretty soon Johanna's uncle showed up with a huge Kubota tractor. Now I was even more embarrassed, but the tractor was the right tool for the job. We hooked the chain to a different spot on the Jeep, put the tractor in gear and pulled it right out of the ditch. The tractor's tires didn't spin at all in the snow. The tractor acted as if it didn't even notice that it was pulling a Jeep and a family out of a ditch. It never hesitated and never acted like the job was a strain. That was the first time I realized how powerful these machines really are. Unfortunately, the story doesn't end there. By the time the day was over, we had a broken furnace and I had my front tooth broken by a neighbor kid with a sled. It wasn't a great day, but I'll save those stories for another time. In Psalm 135, the author is making a point. He is urging all of Israel to praise the Lord. He begins the psalm with a command to praise. Then there's a bunch of reasons given. One reason that's repeated three times is that God has chosen Israel to be his special people. 
They are his favorites. Honestly, that rubs us the wrong way today. It feels like prejudice, but put a pin in that. We'll return to that idea. Then the author demonstrates God's power over natural forces, discussing how God is in charge of weather and storms, but God's power doesn't end there. Not only does he govern the natural forces, he also reigns over the political powers and the plans of man. The psalm discusses the toppling of Egypt, the most powerful nation on the planet. But it wasn't just Egypt. It was all the residents of the land that he eventually gave to Israel. Then God's power extends over spiritual forces as well. The other gods are compared to the true God and found incredibly lacking. The author mocks them for their inability to hear, see, speak, or even breathe. There's just no power there. The psalm then closes where it began, with an urge for Israel to praise God. The message is clear. God is in control of everything. He's in charge of all the natural forces. He's controlling the movement of men and politics and power. He's greater than any other spiritual force or being, and he's picked Israel as his people. So Israel should be praising God. Here's the thing that will melt your mind. Through Jesus, we have access to the same power. We get the same offer as the people of Israel. Even though we may not be genetically Jewish, Jesus has given us the chance to become his people spiritually. We were like people stuck in the ditch with no power or tool or ability to get ourselves out. But God is like the tractor. He's able to move us through that ditch without even hesitating. And he's the only one with the power to do it. Let's pray. Lord, I'm here to obey the command to praise you. I'm here to remember your power and your goodness. You've given me the chance to be a member of your people. I now am on your side. You use your power to protect and defend me. You are greater than all forces, whether they are natural, human, or spiritual. You are the God that puts all those things in your place. And so I praise you. Couple things for you to think about. Number one, of the three different kinds of power, you know, the power over natural forces, political power, and spiritual power that were discussed in Psalm 135, which one stands out to you? And which one do you need in your life right now? Next question What does it look like when you praise the Lord? And how can you implement this command in your life today? We'll see you next time as we pray together.